And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello once again and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton. And I'm Tara Fraser. Guess what? It's Christmas time and today we're kicking things off with... The Grinch. <laughs> um, and it's a double panto whammy following that, kicking off with Jack and his big beanstalk. Oh, no, it isn't. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> so I can help. Before we finish with the nightmare before Christmas. Uh, all that and a lot, lot more today right here on Shout Out. All the windows were dark. No one knew he was there. All the who's were all dreaming, sweet dreams without care. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Hello, everyone. How are we all? All right, thank Hello. you. Hello. You've got oh, my the theme tune. No, you've got my theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder why you were Scottish. Green. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were blue, not green. <laughs> Tight. Um, but we are, uh, well, I say we. Uh, Steph has actually spoken to the Grinch himself, haven't you? I did. We had yeah. quite a long chat. Um, he's over in Universal Studios causing havoc over there at the yeah, moment. So we managed to catch him for about 20 minutes. We had a good laugh. So I've got the cut down version for you. <laughs> was it really 20 minutes you were talking to him? Yeah. <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> yeah, it went on and on and on. <laughs> um, and then it's panto season. It, it is. Oh, yes, oh no, it is. I always thought panto was actually the, this panto season is actually technically after Christmas. I thought it was like January. It runs from just about right now, now till March, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, panto really? season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are any of you going to go see a panto at all? Well, I don't know yet. No. I saw one I when I was a kid. I saw. I can't remember what it was called. Was it Dick Whittington? With the Heidi High cast. Oh, right. oh wow. Yes, so that's going back a bit. I've seen a Cinderella. Yeah. I was just, I saw Cinderella with um, Des O'Connor's uh, buttons. Oh, Lord. And that was, that was down at, uh, I think it's the Theatre Royal in Plymouth, so yeah. a very long time ago. <laughs> Des O'Connor's buttons, yeah. Yeah. Well, with buttons on his shirt or buttons on his trousers or? I can't remember I was probably only about seven years old <laughs> a long time ago but there is there is pantos going on everywhere isn't there there's one in, oh, there's, there's yeah, one in Bath there's one, one at the Hippodrome here in Bristol it's a great British tradition yeah there's and one at the at theatre in, in Western as well. We do have one in Western. Be warned, there might be men cross-dressing in it. <gasps> that was uh, and women. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's one of the funny things about all, these, about all these people that are against drag, especially in the United States, <laughs> passing laws against it. Of course, you know, you're outlawing something which, since the Middle Ages, has given enormous joy to many, yeah. many, many people. But they don't understand panto, and they no. don't have panto. No, no, no America no, doesn't. No. 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 They don't have Christmas crackers either. No. No. Invented by Tom Smith in um, France. Yes. Yes. And even worse, they don't have turkey for Christmas dinner. What do they have? I know ham. Really? 
Ham. The French well, or the Americans? No, the Americans. Oh, they have oh, turkey for Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I was appalled. I went to Disney for Christmas. I could not get a turkey dinner anywhere. Everywhere oh, was serving ham. I love Disney, but there's one thing they're not known for. It's their food. I mean, why, why would you go to Disney and have turkey? No, no, no. I went to Disney for the Christmas, but we oh. were looking for restaurants to have dinner. None oh. of them served turkey. They were all serving <laughs> honey-glazed ham. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to volume up. <laughs> but, um, Disney are involved in the new Doctor Who as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Own, that's why the budget's gone up. They own, ah. Yeah, they own 50%, so they've got the rights to show screen Doctor Who outside of the UK instead yeah. of BBC oh, I see. commercial. On, on their own channels, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see. Anyway, really packed show. Okay. We're all, already overrunning, so, and, and, and I'm sure we want to talk at the end. So um, shall we find out what the Grinch has oh, to say yes, for himself? Please. It's the green man himself. The Grinch is right here in the studio. Radio! Radio! They told me you're from Shout Out Radio, so I just did it. Uh, exactly. Well, we're the biggest <laughs> and the best. So there you go. This is fun. It's so good to know that if I bribe you as I did, I can appear on your show. Absolutely. And as you know, Mr. Grinch, we are very cheap. Cheap in a good way, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, Mr. Grinch, what have you got planned for Christmas 2023? Ooh, two zero two three, my nosy friend. And your audience should know. That according to the title, when I steal Christmas, that's exactly what will be done. And since you in England here and beyond decorate so early, it gives me a head start before flying my way back to Universal Orlando to steal it in the production. Is there anything you've received that you would wish was stolen by a Grinch in your past? In fact, Miss Grinch, you're going to absolutely love this. Because <gasps> my partner last year received a pair of, wait for it, Grinch socks. Yes! Made oh. from the skin of my foot. I've started making cash on the side. I'm opening one of those arts and craft stores online. You have poached a living Grinch, but the hair grows back. Does it? Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I was a bit concerned then when you said you were scraping your skin off to make socks. It's exfoliant, and your partner totally fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> this might shock you, um, oh. and you might refuse to answer. But oh, I it is, already. is Santa Claus going to be making an appearance at Universal Studios? Ooh, all I know is backstage there's beard conditioner, eggnog, and cookies, and it's definitely not for me. So I'm thinking the big man might make his entrance. That would give me a chance to flirt with Mrs. Claus. <laughs> have you met? Have you met before? Have you got together before? Santa and I have only spoken in pen pal form. I've yet to meet him in person. It seems as though he's busy according to uh, what he said or his publicist so maybe through your connection Steph I might be able to get this done do you think you might be able to help well you never know there's a lot of people listen to this radio show so um oh, I hear which is the only reason I'm taking the time to stoop down to your level <laughs> indeed and um I am so grateful Mr Grinch that that you could join us 
Now, if people want to keep track of what you're doing at Universal Studios, where do they go? Your turn, little orphan ginger. <laughs> they go to um, universalorlando.com to find out all the information about all the Grinch activities and where the Grinch will be and all of our other holiday offerings. <laughs> Mr. Grinch and Mr. Grinch's little helper, thank you so much for your time and have a great Christmas. Happy Grinchmas. There it is. Your Happy good holiday. wishes are sweet to my soul, but horrible to my digestion. I'm going to go vomit now. Later, Steffi, loser. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. That was brilliant. Thank you so much. much. (laughs) (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) Loser. (laughs) Loser. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. Loser. (laughs) I would have lost an argument with the green man. (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah, so if you're heading to Orlando, it is a bit of an advert for Universal, but I don't mind. It's brilliant, um, Universal Studios. Yeah. Um, and the like, and the Grinch is is, is fun. So um, now, um, obviously, big tradition here is Panto. Um, this this seems to have the wrong title. Jack and his big beanstalk. Well, <laughs> what can I say? It's for adults only, or Ooh. Is adult age children, I guess. Um, and it's definitely right in front of you, Andy. Okay. Right, I might mention the C word, then again, I might not, but pantomime is part of the history of the UK, and um, I'm joined by two people who are in a pantomime that's at the West End in London, Lewis Aidy and Tom White. Now, first of all, Lewis, um, tell me a little bit of background to the pantomime that you're going to be starring in. Uh, first of all, thank you for having us on. Uh, lovely to be here. Uh, so yeah, so this panto is um, is actually my first panto that I'll ever be doing. So I'm really excited to uh, to uh, have my panto debut. <laughs> um, of course, Jack in his uh, giant big stalk, uh, which I'm very excited for. Um, I won't give anything away, but having already read through the script, you can expect a lot of uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of um, a lot of treats, and uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun, really, really good fun. Mm. Now, Tom, it's it's not for kids, is it? Um, this is purely for adults. Absolutely, yeah. This is actually London's number one adult panto, and I think this year it's bigger and ruder than ever. So, really excited to be. Uh, sinking our teeth in when we start rehearsals um whilst yes it is only for adults um i think that we will definitely be treating these adults like children uh there's gonna be uh i think i use the word boys and girls enough times uh, <laughs> throughout the script um and I, but i think that would definitely be some uh, drinks involved and some games involved for the audience uh and you know once they start they definitely start acting like children i think now tom you play dame trot so you get to drag it up. I do. It's very exciting. This is actually my first time playing a pantomime dame, which uh, I I didn't know if I had seen for myself. But actually, I think I realised that this is probably where my career was going to be taking me regardless. You know, it's funny, actually. I think I originally auditioned for the role of Jack and I was now cast as his mother. So I don't know what that says about me, um, but I am definitely very excited to be uh playing the dame this uh this christmas yeah lewis how do you feel about tom being your mum 
Oh, I'm very, very excited for Tom to be my mother. I can just tell just from having spoken to him and seeing him, I can tell you're going to be an amazing mother. <laughs> Glad to hear it. <laughs> now, without giving too much away, obviously we know the the, the backstory to the the stalk itself and the horrendous size of that. Do you have a huge stalk on stage that you climb? If you do want to see Jack and his giant big stalk, then you're going to have to come down and see the show. There will be some big stalk action, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, there will. <laughs> oh, yes, there will. And um, we've got a special guest joining us on the uh, 11th of December, I believe. Sean Wallace, the Dark Destroyer from ITV's The Chase, is going to be joining the, uh, the show on Monday the 11th, which uh, is also very exciting. Um, I'm sure we'll learn more about that when we start rehearsal. Now, dames usually do fast changes. So how many changes do you have to do, Tom? Oh, well, I think uh, the dame will be in and out of a few frocks. That's for sure. Um, we've got, we have our first act and then we have an interval. Um, when the bar opens for sure, and we're our second act. So I'm, I'm foreseeing at least, at least three costume changes. But, you know, I'm a bit of a diva, so I'll probably push for as many as I can get, to be honest. Uh, hopefully some sequins and a few petticoats. Have you done drag before outside of um, pantomime? I have uh, dabbled in a little bit of uh, in a little bit of drag, but a drag artist I am not. Um, but we do have an amazing drag artist playing uh, Fairy Barbie um, this Christmas. Um, but yeah, this was my sort of first time, uh, you know, moving fully into that world. But you know, I think a pantomime dame is. Uh, it's so traditional of, of, of British theatre culture that it's sort of separate from drag. It's its kind of own camp entity. And it's uh, really exciting to be uh, stepping into those uh, those heels, I suppose. Now, we were going to be joined by uh, Monroe Adams, who you were alluding to there. Unfortunately, yes. he's chatting to another radio station. So, <laughs> Jack, are you on the stage all the time? Do you actually just push and take over the whole show? As much as I possibly can, really. I mean, it's my big stalk. You know, I've got to show it off, don't I? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a there's a good variety of um, Jack having some time to himself and the audience and showing how um, completely um, delusional his uh, imagination is and uh, his views on uh, events going on throughout the show. But he does also show uh, share a lot of really fun uh, interactive moments with uh, the other cast members as well. Should we go on to where people can, can actually see you? Now, you're on at the West End and people do love to have a day trip up to London to see the lights of Oxford uh, street so they can actually double up with seeing your pantomime and seeing all the christmas lights on rooms uh, in um, oxford street so whereabouts are you and the dates uh, so we'll be at the prince of wales theatre on drury lane uh from the 8th to the 22nd uh 16 days consecutive um and this show starts at 8 p.m um monday to saturday and starts at 4 p.m on sundays that's every single day no breaks for you no that's what we're trained for talking of training how um first of all tom your lines do you find it easy to learn lines or you've got to have post-its on other actors backs and that 
um, well, actually, funny to saying that, I've just uh, started landing my lines this week. Uh, I've been on the tube doing it. Uh, people must think I'm uh, mad as I'm mouthing all sorts of profanities. Um, no, but I'm sort of, I think it takes me, uh, it takes me a little bit of time, but you know, it's kind of that slow and steady approach. You know, by time we the curtain comes up, uh, they'll all be in there. Okay, good, good. Lewis, what about you? Do you find it easy to learn your lines? Yeah, um, I, th- I, I do think it's a bit of a, a bit of a skill of mine. I'm quite lucky that I can read a script or read some lyrics and I can learn it uh, quite quickly. Um, but I think a lot of that is also to do with past work I've had where maybe I've been dropped into a, a job um, as a replacement last minute or I've been given, say, a, a last minute audition for something and I've had to learn something quite quickly. So I think just... Um, from my experience, I've kind of adapted to um, being in a mindset where I have to be able to make sure I can pick up dialogue and lyrics um, at quite a quick pace. Very important to um, to make sure that you know the other characters' lines as well, because one, you you want to know obviously, oh, what line does my line come after? But it's also you want to make sure you can preempt it so that rather than it being a case where someone finishes their line and there's that brief pause and you think to yourself oh, now it's my line, you want to also be able to preempt it so that you can bring your, you might try and be creative where you might think, oh, I'm going to start my line a split second as he finishes the previous line, as in a real conversation, as if you're trying to kind of speak over one and stuff like that. Tom and Lewis, we've run completely out of time. But before we go, I need your social medias, please. So Instagram, Facebook, and that infernal x formerly known as twitter um so my uh instagram and formerly known x twitter handle is at tom edward y and i would also just like to say that with the uh with the show we're actually going to be working to raise um money for the terence higgins trust uh through a raffle i just thought it was really important to sort of get that in there as well um we there's gonna be prizes that are going to be giving out that are sponsored by prowler and we're really excited you know Terence Higgins is the number one leading um, HIV and AIDS charity in the UK, and it's uh, a real brilliant honour to be sort of working with them, um, really, and being able to raise money for them. So I just thought I'd say that as well. But even more yeah, reason, at- even more reason for people to spend their money on seeing this this pantomime. Um, Lewis, what's your socials? Uh, so you can catch me uh, on my Instagram at uh, Lewis at uh, Lewis underscore AD and same on my Facebook, just at Lewis AD. So it's literally just Lewis AD and Lewis underscore AD. So nice and simple. Lewis, Tom, thank you so much. And it is definitely behind you. <laughs> I don't know thank what you're you talking about, Debbie. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> This is Michael Bublé wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. The lovely Michael Bublé there. And uh, that song doesn't really need an introduction, does it? Have yourself a merry little Christmas, you know. Very well known. Who wrote it? Is it Irving Berlin? I'm not sure. I'll sure. look it up. It's one of the ironies. That, that's is, that's um, not like you. You're normally straight there with those songs. Some of aren't the you? some of the best yeah. some of the best um, Christmas and well known Christmas 20th century songs were actually written by Jewish librettists. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and of course tonight, well, as we go live on BCFM and obviously over the weekend on other stations, it's the first night of Hanukkah on Thursday. Oh, okay. so, happy Hanukkah! So happy Hanukkah! Can you tell us what else is going on in the world? I will do so with pleasure.
is Shout Out News. Good evening. Radio Free Europe, which beams pro-democracy programmes into Russia and other states where free media has been crushed, reports that LGBT activists have condemned a November the 30th ruling by Russia's Supreme Court, banning the activities of the, quote, international LGBT movement in the country. There was no defendant in court as no such organisation exists. However, critics see the move as the latest part of the to target the LGBT community in Russia and cater to President Vladimir Putin's conservative base. LGBT activists say hate crime is already on the rise in the country, even before the latest ruling. Russia's effective outlawing of all LGBT plus advocacy will come as no surprise to any independent watchers of its retreat into authoritarianism. With the war on Ukraine allowing the pretext for banning the peace movement, anarchists, radical socialists and any other opposition, the state has clamped down on anyone who fails to obey its diktats. Other groups so targeted even include religious organisations, with the Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons having places of worship closed and assets seized. To many millions of Russians, the state is now something of a monolith of authoritarianism. Now, the death of singer Shane McGowan of the Irish rock group The Pogues led to eulogies being paid in the popular media and even the Conservative papers, who seemed to forget that McGowan's career had started with performing songs supporting the provisional IRA and other nationalist paramilitary factions back in the 70s and 80s. Leaving those concerns aside, many LGBT plus people are deeply sceptical of the Pogues' 1987 Christmas record, Fairy Tale of New York, which is used by many hateful people as an excuse used to scream the lyric faggot at people. Indeed, it was noticed by some gay newswires that many of the song's alleged enthusiasts don't even know what the rest of the song's lyrics are or what they are about. The poems themselves have expressed dissatisfaction with the line in question, noting that it was lazy songwriting and should have been done differently. Their co-performer of the track, the late Kirsty McCall, felt the same and as early as 1992 used performances on BBC and RTE television to rephrase the lyrics in question. The Pogues in recent years have said that they were troubled that so many straight people's fixation on the word faggot and their defence of it in the song Fairy Tale of New York. They said the word itself in the song doesn't bother or offend us, but straight people being so angry and outraged at its removal does bother us deeply. In other words, it ain't your song and you have no right to use it to attack LGBT plus people. The gay human rights campaigner Peter Tatchell, who has advocated for a democratic reform of the UK for decades, took part in a discussion panel at the University of Cambridge on the 24th of November. Mr Tatchell considered recent attacks on the freedom to protest, which have hit environmental campaigners particularly hard, but also have implications for trade unionists and everyone from animal rights activists to Welsh language defenders. Mr Tatchell said that everyone's rights had stemmed from earlier generations' protest. His address can be seen on YouTube at the channel of the Peter Tatchell Foundation. Bridget Simmons is the new chief executive of Opening Doors, which is the UK's largest charity singly devoted to the needs of LGBTQIA plus people over 50. Lesbian, pan and bi women's magazine Diva, which is celebrating 30 years of publishing in 2024, met up with Bridget. My background is in domestic and sexual abuse and social justice more generally, she said. I want to create a world where we want to grow old in. For me, that means having an understanding and some depth of knowledge about the experience 
experience of older LGBTQIA plus people. Opening Doors started as a gay men's group in Hampstead some 20 years ago, but we're now an independent charity that works with the whole of the LGBTQ plus continuum. It's about recognising that there is a diversity of needs within our community and that sometimes in the past women, trans and non-binary people have been left out of the conversation. Bridget continues, there's a whole population of people coming out later in life as trans and non-binary. And finally, as we go to air this weekend, we are at the beginning of the Jewish Midwinter Festival of Hanukkah, and we send our greetings to LGBTQIA plus Jewish people throughout our listenership. Hanukkah marks the successful result of the ancient Judeans against the Seleucid Empire in the 2nd century BCE. Observed for eight nights and days, the festival falls in either late November to mid-December in the Gregorian calendar. There are numerous rituals and traditions associated with the marking of Hanukkah, and because of the proximity of the festival to Christmas, it's also gained a status as a major secular festival as well. Gifts are exchanged and fried foods are eaten, such as potato pancakes. Delicious. However you are celebrating, we wish our Jewish listeners and their friends a very happy Hanukkah. Well, it's been another very quick-moving week in the world of LGBTQIA plus politics and culture. Make sure you keep abreast with what is happening with podcasts, queer radio and news organisations, and do check out our constantly updated website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, I've been Terry Starr. Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. This segment is sponsored by Talk to the Rainbow Counselor. Visit talktotherainbow.co.uk. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. Well, it's definitely panto season and um, specifically nightmares before Christmas. Now, I do love Nightmare Before Christmas, but I don't think that's related to this. Um, the makeup looks superb and is one instance where I do would prefer it to be on video. I'm joined by Charity Case and Anubis. First of all, Charity, hello. Hello, welcome to the nightmare. I hope you're having a fabulous <laughs> morning so far. How are yeah, you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. Don't freak me out with any any spooky stories quite yet. <laughs> oh, don't um, worry. We're saving them all for the show. <laughs> now, uh, you've both been in RuPaul's uh, Drag Race. So um, what was it like growing up for his charity? Were you always into dress up and school plays and that? So I grew up in the northwest in Lancashire in basically the middle of nowhere um it was there was lots of fields lots of fields lots of uh fascists and <laughs> me being very fabulous <laughs> um yeah it was it was a roller coaster journey growing up you know and you know it stunk in a lot of ways and but more than just the calm and your um <laughs> it, it was it was traumatizing in a lot of ways growing up in the northwest where i didn't really have any queer idols or anybody that i knew that was that was gay or queer that i could relate to um and costume and makeup was always and fashion even was always an escape form for me it always made me feel like 
people could see who I was. I didn't need to define myself. I didn't need to explain myself anymore. I was painting it on my body with clothes and makeup. Um, and that became a sort of therapy for me over the years. So, so yeah, drag was just kind of like an evolution of that, I guess. <laughs> Anubis, um, what about your growing up? Were you always into dress up? Yeah, I think my uh, story, hello, by the way, lovely to see you. Hello. Um, I think <laughs> um, my story kind of resonates with charities, honestly. Um, I grew up in a very small town um, just outside of Brighton. Um, and I kind of always felt like a bit of a big fish in a small pond um, doing all my, my theatre things and performing arts. I've been doing kind of, you know, that kind of side of my life since I was a kid. So that's always been something that um, I've been into, like performing and making costumes and singing and writing songs. Um, so I've always had like a, a massive passion for theatre. Um, but growing up was was tough because we moved around a lot um, every couple of months and I felt like I could never really find my place or fit in anywhere because um, it was hard for me to kind of settle. Um, and I think once I got to secondary school, I kind of started to delve more into art and more into kind of the, the darker side of drag and costuming. And I kind of really started to fall in love with horror. Um, and again, I think that's something that me and Charity both share in common. Um, but that's kind of what I wanted to do with my drag is is kind of take all of that um, those feelings from when I was a kid of not really finding anywhere to fit in and kind of creating my own space and my own lane. And now as a as a drag entertainer, I feel like I have kind of carved out my own lane since Drag Race. Um, and yeah, it's great to just be able to do our own thing and self produce an entirely brand new show um, just in time for Christmas. Why did you choose the name Anubis? Uh, do you know what? I think I might have chosen it when I was like 17. I think it was because uh, I was originally called Mr. Monet because one of my middle names is Monet. So I kind of thought that was a little club kid androgynous drag name for me. But it stuck for about a month and no one could pronounce it or remember it. And I thought, oh, you know, F this, I'm going to do something else. So I chose a new oh, so which was a very there. stupid alternative. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> um, no one can seem to really pronounce that much either. But you've done a wonderful job, I must say. <laughs> well, it does come from the Egyptian god, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was kind of my uh, my whole thinking. I always kind of wanted a name with A as well. Um, so that was part of it. But um, I wanted a name that not only represented partly my Egyptian heritage, but also for the god of the afterlife and mummification um, to kind of tie in that aspect of my horror part of my drag too. Um, so kind of even when I was creating my drag, I always took that into consideration. It's always been something that I've loved. Um, but I feel like this year, and especially with this tour with Charity, I can kind of delve a lot more into that side of myself, which I'm excited to do because I didn't really get a chance to do that on Drag Race. So yeah, it's exciting that's a lovely a lovely journey for your name and um a good background for it as well now i don't think we need to ask where you got your name from charity case <laughs> <laughs> it's a little obvious it is it is yeah um charity what was it like going into rupaul's drag race oh my god well it was so long ago i'm a whole new person so i can't really remember it these days but um no it was traumatizing it was fabulous. It was very, very difficult. It was a lot of hard work, uh, long hours and, and not very much sleep and lots of stress and anxiety. But, you know, it boosted my career in a way that nothing else could have. And I'm in a much better place in terms of like being able to afford my rent and being able to afford 
food now, which was a struggle at times before. Um, you know, I, as like a self-employed artist in London, it's really hard to, to earn a living, especially doing drag. And we're going through a time right now where some attention has been brought onto how some promoters and producers can exploit drag queens and can take advantage of them and, and you know, not be super clear about the, the, the work that they're doing or about the, the money that they're being paid or the cut that the promoter might be taking from the money. So I think you know it, it's not an easy it's not an easy industry to break into and drag race kind of makes that possible me <laughs> i think yeah. that we're on the air aren't we on uh, hogmanay night or hogmanay um, eve we're on air christmas day me and you on uh, bcfm that and, is. and, and the day after and the day <laughs> after that and the day after yeah we know Stefan. and new year's eve <laughs> and new year's eve five hour special <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, which is Hogwarts Eve. Which is Hogwarts Eve. Are you joining us, Tara? I might do. Yes. So, yeah, four of us again. <laughs> yeah. The Prosecco will be running. The uh, jokes will be lurid. It's going to be fantastic. Anyway, that's it for another week. If you want to hear the show again or any others, uh, check out all good podcast services. Or, of course, you can check out our website, which is shoutoutradio.lgbt. It's where you want to go ahead. It's also where you can get in touch with us, too. Um, next week, like we said, I can't wait for it. It's, uh, the George Michael story. We'll be, yeah. we'll be speaking to the one and only um, Simon Napier-Bell. So, from myself, from Terry, from Andy, from Steph Fur and Tara, <laughs> say bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>